Let's start with that. I don't even know what episode this is because I forgot to check before I left. I can look it up. Yeah, put it like this. Well, whatever episode this is, it's not like people give a shit. <laughs> it's just it's, it's an not, episode. It's not like comic book collecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's issue one fifty <laughs> something something. But yeah, so I'm heading back to my hometown soon. But you just did. You just went. I just back to I your just got homeland. back. So, uh, so what's it like to go back and see the family? I mean, for me, it's been a long time. It's been like three years. Uh, I forget how awesome they are, some of them, and I forget how annoying some of them are. My brother and sister, for example, awesomer than ever. My parents, as annoying as ever. <laughs> I like, though, the uh, sitting around the campfire. Some of that was pretty nice. Just like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it was... It was fun. Like we were, we were having a really good time that night. But then um, I like to your mom's like, "You're recording, right?" And you just go, "Nope." <laughs> she doesn't believe you in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I'm and I'm like literally holding a microphone at her face. <laughs> and I just want, I just feel more comfortable with it with me. <laughs> My sister's like, "No, that's just his ray gun." But, oh, I guess we should say I never say where we are. I just assume, you know, and it, it isn't pretty yeah. different sometimes. So it's just me and Joel, and we're at the the Cadillac patio. Yeah, beautiful Queen Street West. That's right, and this is. Uh I like this place. It's um, it's one of my favorite bars. Yeah, it's my first time. Craig told me the nachos are super good. Actually, the food in general, they have uh, they have some kick-ass tacos. But that's not what we're here to talk about. That's right. The so, Cadillac on Queen Street. Now Give that, us money. Now that our sponsorship's out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, back home. So yeah. See, uh, I got the opposite. I like my parents, and I hate my siblings. So. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I love my parents. Don't get me wrong. It's just they... They irritate me, right? Um, and and it, each of them in different ways. So, um, I think on the last episode you heard some clips, and one was my very drunk stepdad. Yeah, who, yeah. I can see how he's like he's funny here and again, but I can see how that gets old real fast. <laughs> uh, he's uh, I, I I actually really enjoy drinking with him. It's uh, it's pretty fun when he's drinking. Yeah, when he's sober, him and I have had issues in the past, which uh, at the end of that campfire night he got really drunk and apologized to me for my entire youth, <laughs> which was yeah, that was kind of weird and then we almost started up a fight again about another issue, so yeah, drinking with family man, it's, it's uh, can go either way. Yeah, because like, yeah I mean, anytime I ever get in fights with my parents, it's basically because they've been drinking. <laughs> I'm always like the I don't know. It's like yeah, it gets so annoying. Just so well, I guess I, that runs in everyone's blood. That's a human trait. But it's like you drunk idiots. Like you're so annoying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, whereas when they're sober, it's fine. So yeah, it's totally reversed. We got flip flops going on here. We're the yin yang of family. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. But uh, no, I had a really good time with uh, with my family. But it's uh, I don't know. Every time I go back home especially now that I have kids it's not a vacation like it's just it's actually gotten even worse where it used to be we could schedule time with people but now we have to not only schedule time with people but we have to schedule it around like the kids nap times and shit like that so it's like Eric and Rochelle from Tip Tap Tip well and they got a kid now too so the kind of half-assed idea was like hey let's do a show 
and we went over to their place and I ended up chasing Jed around all night <laughs> right. and so like there was no show to happen and Eric's like yeah man I don't know how podcasts get done when you have kids and I'm like that's why Squid Pod doesn't come out anymore <laughs> right you know like if we didn't drag you away yeah, for exactly drinking. no honestly if, if you guys didn't drag, drag me away for Vinyl Countdown I would just not exist as a podcaster basically so, uh, so, so thank you yeah. and uh, the least I could do so you were saying too that uh, you're getting the, uh, the the standard sort of you should move back to Calgary is it worse yeah. now that you have a second kid like are they uh, really pushing or is it the well same? it's it's harder for us now because now it's starting to make sense right and and if we didn't live where we live right now with like above like our crazy landlord with <laughs> above a bowling alley yeah. above another bowling alley <laughs> like if we didn't uh I, I think it would be no question. Like, if we lived at our old place, I think we would still be fine with Toronto. But we come back home, and it's just like like a fucking crackhead rang the doorbell today to say, uh, I left some bags on your lawn. Did you take my bags? No. Fuck off. Man, yeah, I always wondered about that because, like, that corner... Not too far from you was where, like, me and Picard saw the homeless dudes blowing each other in the ATM. And I always thought it was so weird how as soon as you turn the corner, it's just nice. And it's like yeah. uh, like a like a dog collar, like an invisible collar. Like, they won't go there, but I guess they do sometimes. Well, okay. no, they, they, uh, they come down to, like, rummage through recycling and, like, I don't know, put bags on our lawn, I guess. <laughs> Well, and actually, there was, like, a bunch of shirts strewn on the lawn the other day, so maybe that was in her bag. I have no idea. But it was just like, dude, come on. Like, don't ring a doorbell to ask about your crackhead stuff. I don't care about your crackhead stuff. I'm not a crackhead. Why would I care? I was going to wonder, too. Like, I mean, it seems impossible, right, that people wouldn't know what disasters they are. But, uh, I mean, my good old brother, he, uh, his, his, one, his one point of pride is that he never did crack. So I can't call him a crackhead. But same thing. And uh, I just remember one time, I was like finally just fed up with him. And I was like, why are you like ruining our whole family's life? And he was legitimately perplexed. He's like, I'm not. What do you mean? What am I doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? What do you mean, what are you doing? Like, do they just live these lives or they yeah. just think they're okay? It's, well, it's I, bizarre. I, I don't think that they think they're okay. They just can't see beyond themselves, right? So it's right. like they don't know. They can't imagine in any fucking way how, you know, being strung out on heroin would affect anybody other than them. <laughs> right. Which, to be fair, I can see how it's a pretty... You know, inward-facing problem. Like it's pretty all-consuming. It's probably hard to see the other perspective. Uh, I mean. There's probably well, and you know, like the other thing about that is like, you know, when when you start forgoing personal hygiene and like you start stealing things to sell, you got no problem with boundaries anymore. Like you, no. you basically just you're just kind of in your own head. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Like, I had some uh, friends who were meth heads, and they were super fun for a while. Right. And then they got really weird with each other. But because I wasn't doing meth, it didn't really matter. But two of them were, like, they used to be a couple. Then they were best friends, and then they hated each other. 
over owing money or something like that. Like, Can you imagine being a meth couple? Like you're up and together for like 18 hours straight. And that's, just like, yep. <laughs> bathrooms are always clean. Or more than that. Yeah, that'd be awful. Oh my God, that'd be so terrible. Uh, I remember I had to knock on my friend's door to get some plates because uh, I moved to this new house and we didn't like, this is uh, with the ex-wife. We hadn't bought things together, so we were out of plates, and we needed to borrow a couple. And uh, I ring the doorbell, and this is my friend who I, you know, this is like the early stages where I don't know what meth is. I just think that they're up all night, and they have a lot of fun. And she answers the door, and she's got the full meth rash because she hasn't done makeup or anything to, to leave. She's like, yeah, plates. Yeah, you want plates? I got plates. Yeah, what, what kind of plates do you want? I'll fucking fire you some up oh. in my kiln. <laughs> I'll fucking make plates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want, I'll, I'll go to the 24-hour grocery. I'll buy you some plates. <laughs> God, I love plates. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was just like, you know, like I, borrowing plates from Meth Hat is like causing them the, the worst problem ever because suddenly they... It's not like they're just going to give you any old plates like a normal person would do. they got to go through every plate. They have to go through every one, and they have to find the cleanest one and the best one for you. And, <laughs> and, and you know, or, or at least that was my experience anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Man. Yeah, drugs, man. But I don't know, like, when, when... It's funny, it's like, everybody's got that line, oh, but I'd never do crack. Right. You know? Oh, that's the one that'll get you. But it's, oh, I'll never do heroin. That's the one that'll get you. And then, well, then it's heroin. Let's, let's face it, that's the bottom line. That's that's the end of the road. Yeah, it's funny because it is, yeah, like, those kind of are like the two sides, like where, uh, yeah, like my brother was like, I never did crack, you know, whatever. And uh, But this girl I knew in Vancouver, she was telling me about this guy she dated who, it was, that was his whole thing, was that he did crack all the time, but he's like, I'd never use a needle. It's like, you do crack all the time. <laughs> but it's weird because it's fuck? like, it's like people have to justify their thing and they have to, you know, if, if especially if society tells you that using this substance is bad or whatever, well, then you find a new bottle, you know, like, well, I'm a crackhead, but goddamn, at least I'm not a junkie, you know, and it's just... You know what's weird, too? I mean, I don't even know how accurate this is or if it's just, like, me drawing too many connections and aren't really there. But how sneaky addictions can be. Where, like, I got the worst family history of, like, I don't know, beyond my grandfather, but my grandfather was an alcoholic. My dad is this, like, 40-year pothead where when people say that marijuana doesn't affect you, over 40 years it does. <laughs> He's pretty out there. He's a little spacey. Fair enough. And uh, my brother's, like, into heroin. And I was thinking the other day, it's like, you know, about uh, just how disastrous it was being in New York this previous time, but that I always saw it coming and like, why do I keep going back? And why am I always there every April 15th, even though every year I'm like, I want to have other things to do. And it's because like fame addiction, it gets you. It's just, there's always something that's like your little high that you got to follow till it all falls apart. No, it's kind of like, true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's not as severe physically like there's no physical component like there is with the rest of my family but that's got to be why i keep going back right like it's got to be yeah i could deal with my life or i could just go where i have a megaphone to tens of thousands of people and they can listen to me and i can feel famous like you know it's kind of the same thing that's also that and like yes well for you especially the fame addiction is kind of 
like I don't know in in my in my life I have I had a small taste of that kind of early like where I was that boy band you were in yeah the boy band I was in. no 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 that, the, the zine Eric and I did like right. you know but we we peaked at 19 kind of thing that was the maximum amount of fame we were gonna get was just indie rock street cred in our small town and then but I mean you're on the news <laughs> I know. you were yeah like it was a thing it was a thing but like but the, the odd thing is we managed to fucking milk that that cow for a good 10 years after that and that I mean that speaks more to how pathetic Calgary is sorry Calgary <laughs> it's only the or how it, pathetic it used to be is, is probably more accurate it's a different place now it's but, only the fifth greatest city in the world <laughs> yeah no but like it, it literally is a different place than when I left it um, it's a little fancier but uh, but yeah no like going back home now it's it's funny because I've really kind of been able to weed out my close friends from my drinking buddies you know, so there, there's like, whenever I'm there, I need to see three sets of people uh, on my side, and then like uh, some other good friends of ours on Jen's side, kind of thing. But like, really, I, I've boiled it down to like three sets of friends. Where it used to be like, you know, I would go back and it would be like get the mob together. I mean, part of that is a lot of those friends live here now, so. But yeah, it's just. I don't know. It, it just feels like my my former world there has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually it's going to be the place where I just go see family, right. you know. And maybe Eric Michelle if they still live there. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I mean, it, it's amazing to me. It's been three years since I've been home. It doesn't seem like it's been three years, and and. I mean, it's almost, it's just academic. It's like I know every beat of every single thing that's going to happen, with the possible exception of maybe I'll actually try to talk to my brother this time. But him excluded, it's like I know every street, I know every person, I know every place, I know everything that's going to happen. There's no reason to even do this, except to get my optometry appointment and get some new glasses, you know? But I could do that here. Like, there's... There's just no reason. My parents now, I mean, they're always... This is why I finally decided to do this, is because they're always like, oh, I'll come visit, and they never get around to it. But now they're talking about maybe coming here for Christmas, and that'd be cool. That would be cool, But yeah. that's still... I should still go in case they don't. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then if they do, bonus. Why not? Yeah. Well, that'd be awesome if they came here for Christmas. Yeah, because like two years back, uh, we went to your place, and yeah. that was cool. But then last year, it was a fun day, but it was just me and Brad. We just sat around and watched movies, you know, so... Well, we're not going back for Christmas. That's for damn sure. But, uh, yeah, so... (laughs) You know, that's one thing that's made me think of. Uh, Yesterday was my birthday, of course. And... Oh, my God. Happy birthday. Sorry, man. (laughs) I forgot, too, until just now. I was like, was that yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. (laughs) But just how different things can be from year to year, where last year I was in D.C. and I banged a chick in the back of her car. That's right. This year, me and Craig watched a Twilight Zone marathon on Netflix. But it was still a really fun birthday, man. The old Twilight Zone, that's a good show. Oh, yeah, no, I I, I watch it, uh, I never watched it. I, like, never saw it before, but since it was, like, shot on film and black and white just looks classy, like, it holds up. And we, we've run into a couple stinkers. I'm proud to say I, by picking random titles, found the one that Wikipedia says is commonly referred to as the worst episode of all series. Because we watched it and we're like, what the fuck? That is terrible. But overall, man, that show's good. Like, I was shocked. Yeah, no, it's uh, Twilight Zone in general, like, 
Well, just the idea of like having these short little, like you damned if you do, because they're all da- damned if you do, damned if you don't stories. Yeah, right? like, and it's still got that kind of leave it to beavery vibe, except fucking horrible things happen. <laughs> well, it's um, it's kind of cool because it's it's like it tends to borrow from noir quite a bit, which for TV, like, can you imagine like that was your TV show back in the day? Like, you would. You would fucking live for that show. Yeah, yeah, because it also like a lot of the stories were like, you know, they'll say like based on a story by so and so, and I look it up, and it's like a legitimate sci-fi story. It's right. not just some bullshit that some shitty Leave It to Beaver writer wrote. I got it in for Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was this one. Oh man, it would make such a great movie where it's in the Civil War, and a dude from the South, like from the uh, the Confederacy, he. He's like doing recon and he finds a whole town full of Yanks, of Northerners that are frozen. And he finds out it's because there's like a warlock dude who has this book of spells. And the dude gives him the book and is like, with this you can win the war. But he realizes as he gets deeper into it that it's like a Satan book and he has to turn his back on God and he doesn't do it. But imagine if that was a movie and he did do it, like an alternate retelling. And they've got like demons and shit and they destroy the North. You know what, it's, it's a... It's only a matter of time before Hollywood starts mining, like, Twilight Zone episodes and seeing if they can yeah. expand them. Some of them would totally work. It'd be a good move. Ooh. Man, that was so funny. This is going to be the most boring for anyone who's never seen it, but when Rod Serling is doing his little descriptions, it's just like the scary door from Futurama. Oh, yeah, because he's there. Consider a place. And he's smoking <laughs> while, he's, while he's doing yeah. it. Yeah. And he just says weird crap, like... And, you know, this would not happen in the normal worlds, but it happens daily in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, drinks are on me, by the way. Really? Happy birthday. Well, thank you. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Maybe to even it out if Alexandria Falafel's still open when we leave, I'll buy us some falafels. (laughs) Fair enough. Starting to get a little hungry, actually. Uh, Actually, no, you should have nachos here. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. It's not such a bad idea. Yeah, don't fuck around. Nachos. Fair enough. So I don't know how we got all this. We were talking about hometowns, <laughs> not the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Consider a place. <laughs> New Brunswick. <laughs> so, like, um, when do you go back? Are you going to go visit the old haunts? And, like, like, how long has it been since you've been back? So it's been three years, but, I mean, I just have no... There's really not much going on in that town anymore. I mean, like... Brad, weirdly, like how Brad uh, has been here in Toronto for like two years and seems to have made very few friends outside of us, you know, yeah. like, but, but it was, I can see why he pines a little bit for the hometown because in, in our hometown, it seems so weird because I mean, because people listen to this show don't know Brad especially well, but a little from hearing him, sure. but it's just obvious that he's, he's not, uh, totally socially astute you know he's a little bit of a an right. awkward dude sometimes but in our hometown he knew everybody it just like he would just be like go to three parties a night and be happily received at all of them it was like bizarro world because in my hometown in the well, same hometown when i'm there i don't know anybody and i have no reason to be there and i never made any connections with anyone it's like what the fuck man <laughs> so in a weird sort of way uh for brad uh, New Brunswick is planet Earth and Toronto is Krypton. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. No, no. Oh, yeah, 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 because he would have no powers here. <laughs> right. But he uh, has all his superpowers. On, but, uh, but on the other hand, I mean, I've got my little 
I got my little my little families in each place. I got my little Vancouver family, my little New York family, my little Toronto family. But the only fucking Fredericton family I have is my actual family. You know, yeah. that sucks. It's not that good. Uh, so yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I I am lucky in the fact that like my like I'm super close with my siblings. So it's it's going back is good. Like every time I get to hang out with them, it's it just reminds me why like why we I don't know why we were born together. I don't know, but like we just like each other and it's uh, it's kind of awesome. It just seems so magical to me. Like uh, I always think of the Coen Brothers, Ooh. who like co like they they. It's not even like on uh, just because of union rules, one of them is listed as director and one of them is writer, but they co-write and co-direct, like, everything, and I'm like, how do you get along with your fucking shitty brother like that? It's oh my crazy. god, dude, like, honestly, if I if I won the lotto and got to, like, fund my own vanity projects, I would bring my brother on board. Absolutely. Not mainly because he's a talented dude, but also because he gets me. Yeah, you got a shorthand between each other. And I also, like, and... And he's not the easiest guy to get along with sometimes. Uh, most of the time he's easy to get along with. But, like, with work stuff, he gets frustrated and, you know, he really likes his way of doing things. And I think if him and I worked together, I would understand the, the, the tolerances of that and be able to work with him and instead of just going, you do it my way. That is worth that's like that's worth everything you know totally I mean to bring it back to the Keith and the girl example again that's a huge like reason where it's like I just so hard to to deal with them is that they don't get my boundaries at all yeah they're always stomping on them and they don't get that they are well that's probably why you and I get along is because you actually remind me a lot of my brother in in some ways I'm glad to say you don't remind me of my brother in Uh, the slightest thanks buddy (laughs) cheers (laughs) cheers um no, it's just like like you have a very because you're you're a headstrong dude. Like you just you don't take well. No, you do. You you take suggestions well, but really, if it crosses any kind of line you've made, you're like fuck it. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. You know. And stop telling me to watch <laughs> battles. <laughs> yeah, like even for dumb shit. Yeah, it's exactly. true. It's true. You yeah. know. And I like. And I understand that, and like I, I think that's why we get along is because I can like work within your boundaries, right? And uh, and that's yeah, that's fucking no, that's good. That's that's why that's why we have a successful fucking podcast. That's why pour another beer. I used to think of it. I don't know why this of all dumb examples, but that if I were somehow like prime minister and I had to choose my cabinet, yeah, like I would bring my friend Matt into it. No matter what, just because, yeah. you know, and then I'd get a bunch of people that are actually qualified. But you want that one guy that, yeah, like, understands the lay of the land, the mental landscape. Yeah, and that's uh, that's sort of one of those things where it's like, I kind of think that's why I'm employed. Because <laughs> um, I do bullshit for a living. Like, let's let's face it, I, I make pretty pictures for a living. And, uh, and I think half the battle with that, because there's a million people who do that, is the fact that, I have less of an ego than the next designer. And that's huge for an employer. It's like, I don't want to fight with somebody. They kind of just want somebody to do what they say without getting offended. And the only way I'm able to do that is to categorize it in my brain as that's theirs. You know, it's not mine, it's theirs, and then I can do it, right? But That's one thing, like, it only recently occurred to me that it's not a s- skill that everyone has. 
is uh, is like I, I mean I can go on either side of the coin. I can be. That's okay. Uh, we'll have another. Sure. Yeah, thanks. I can be very agreeable, or I can just be a fucking dickhead. But the agreeable side is not hard to to access. Like I can totally get along with people and work with stuff. You know, I just need to decide as how I'm going to be that day. But I started to realize as I get older, there's some people that just kind of can't really do that. I mean, I'm like Picard or Keith Malley, like these people that are always gonna be at odds. And I'm like, I don't have to be like that. No. And lately I've been trying a little harder to not be. Even just with dumb shit like Twitter. It's like, why? What am I doing? <laughs> like, just be nice. What's the, what's well, it cost me? If you, uh, uh, by the way, just that, that girl just got up from her chair and her dudes just... It was like ass crack central. I was just like, wow, <laughs> nice thong, lady. Anyway, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a superpower that I just don't use that much, and I'm starting to realize more and more it's actually incredibly valuable, and I should be glad that I have it, you know? Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I was just friends with everybody. Like, I was the one kid where I was in a French school where there was only enough kids for one class, so it was all, like, the same 30 kids for all six years of elementary school. And when I think back to it, nobody else was like a floater like I was. Like I just got along with all the groups and everyone else was in their groups. Right. Like I should stop forgetting that I can do that. I should do that more. Yeah, because it's, I don't know. I mean, I think when it comes down to it, like the world is based on like, there's a lot of idiots. There's a lot of smart people. Smart people don't do as well as the idiots. And I think the reason is is that idiots don't know that things are fucked up. And smart people get really frustrated with that. Right. And, and if you can kind of game it a little bit where it's like you realize that it's fucked up, but it doesn't matter. I think that's the hardest part for anybody with like, I don't know, any kind of like ego. It's just you just have to acknowledge that it doesn't fucking matter. That like... Like, for example, working. Working is basically you, you're entering into a contract saying, I will be your bitch until for a paycheck for as long as you will have me be your bitch. You know? And if you, if you fight that idea, then you don't, don't stay employed with those people. But if you go into it with the idea that it doesn't fucking matter then it's just better. I don't know. I don't know. Is that... I really... No, I can't remember what comedian it was. I just heard the other day, though. It was so... I wish I could remember who it was. But he was talking about, yeah, the basis of society is like, if you and I can both agree that I'm your boss, everything will be fine. <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> sums up an awful lot. It's kind of true. Yeah. I don't know. At some point, I do want to be the boss of people or own my own thing or something but right now that's it's not in the cards you know what's one thing I found really works well I don't know if it would be as useful for you because I feel like you're a more even keeled gentleman than I am or I do have uh, just genetically I just got a bad temper it's my disposition but that count to ten thing really works like as soon as you feel a twinge of like I'm going to say something dumb ten takes so long to get to if you count all the way to ten there's no way you're still like mad I kind of feel like I uh... Yeah, I, I definitely don't think before I speak enough. Um, well, I guess the difference, though, I feel like you wouldn't say anything that would really burn a bridge where I no. really get mad at people. Although, I, I'm, I'm hanging out with uh, a friend of mine the other night, and uh, he's Jewish, 
and he's talking about his family and whatever, and he's describing them as cheap and blah, 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 blah. And I end up saying, oh, so classic Jew, not even thinking that this might offend this man. <laughs> right. And he goes, I'm sorry? And I, You're like, yeah, don't tell me you never heard that. And for, for a split second, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because I don't know him that well, right? Like, like we're kind of new friends and whatever. And, like, he's like a dad friend of mine, right? And for a split second, I'm like, oh, fuck. But then it's like, he literally doesn't hear me. Oh, right. So he's like, I'm sorry? And I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, classic Jew. Yes, yes. I'm like, okay. He's like, we worked hard to uh, establish that image. I'm glad I'm like, you noticed. Uh, I'm like, well, and I'm just thinking, like, because, you know, like, as you know, maybe you don't, I don't know, but I'm, I don't think I'm a racist. I, I, but I also say things that are politically incorrect all the time. And it never occurs to me that somebody would actually be offended by any of it because, I don't know. I don't know, because I'm... Because we're, we're white middle class Because I'm white and male, <laughs> yeah. middle class. North American, yeah. And like, I'm unoffendable. We're fucking Teflon. We're untouchable, yeah. yeah. So I assume everybody else is the same, right? But, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things, though, where it's like um, I'm vamping because I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, I kind of got a pee, too. But, well, I guess then maybe I should stop this periodically to make sure it doesn't fall over. It's a wobbly table. Yeah. We lose everything. But uh, well, one last thing before I go pee. Sure. I was watching a bunch of stuff about uh, Seinfeld, like the uh, making of. There's a, it's like a thing on YouTube that you can dig up. That's uh, from one of the DVDs of like how the show came to be. It's really fascinating. It really is like 90% Larry David. It was yeah. all of him. But uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus was talking about how on long shooting days when it would be like you know past 10 p.m. and she got up at 7 a.m. and she's really tired. She kept laughing all the time. She would just like be terrible because she ruined every scene by laughing. And I was thinking like how magical that sounds. Like a magical pixie person that when they're yeah. tired they laugh all they the laugh. time. Because I get these like just like seeing like when people say seeing red, I really do. Just these blinding flashes where I want to take an axe to whatever's around me that I just have to be like stop, calm down. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, uh, sorry. I know you have to pee, but but the last thing I'm about... well trained at holding it. So <laughs> All right, it's fine. fair enough. Yeah, the thing about counting to ten. Yeah, I think I find my mind wanders. Like by four or five, I'll think of just like, wouldn't it be cool to be by a waterfall? What if there was like a thing behind the waterfall? Like I just forget what I was mad about. Well, I think like uh, right now with with um, raising two kids, Jen and I like. We, we fight a lot more than usual and it's we fight about the kids now and I get really frustrated with her because she tends to tell me things she tends to instruct me as I'm doing things where I know what I'm supposed to do I'm just and I get really angry I'm like just shut it like I'm doing it I'm in the middle of doing it. You don't need to tell me to grab a cloth and wipe his hands. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm already doing all this stuff. Right. It's just I can't do it as fast as you're saying it kind of thing. And then I – and that's a big reason why I'm smoking again is because <laughs> when I get that furious, I end up popping outside. I have a cigarette. And that – it's not so much the cigarette, but it's the excuse to go outside – and just fucking calm down for five minutes. And then I come back and everything's right. And I'm, I'm fine and I can handle stuff. Yeah, and just taking that little break. Huge difference. And like when I wasn't smoking, it was just a matter of just kind of leaving the room. 
you know, and just kind of taking a breath. That's one thing, oh my God, just like the difference between various situations where uh, that girl Erica I dated in Vancouver, that would be the thing. Some Occasionally I would just like, I'm going to go walk around the block and that was fine and that's what I did. She sent me a, a birthday text yesterday. It was very nice. That was cool. But, uh, but with Ian, she didn't want me to leave. She would get mad that I was like jettisoning the argument and that was that was crazy like you can't do that you have if i gotta leave you gotta let me leave. Uh, see but i'm on the other side like i i hate not finishing the argument it because well, i think though i mean my case i mean i'm incapable of not finishing it but i'll finish it without being like crazy yeah no fair enough but i don't know i i find when i'm in an argument it's just like i have to get what i have to say out right and if I can't, if, it, if the other person in the argument is like, we're done, you know? Yeah, I certainly would never I, I can't do that. Because, no, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's just like, no, I'm afraid we're not talking about it anymore. No, that's definitely, I don't mean that at all. That's horrible. Or, like, just, you know, we're done. Even if it's, we're done for now, it's like, but I have all these things to say. <laughs> God damn it. You know? You know, this actually reminds me of, uh, it's almost done. I'm going to put it out soon. But I'm doing uh, an XO about Louis C.K., where... I listened through every appearance he ever made on Opie and Anthony that are like three or four hours each and he was on the show 44 times. It took like six Gets, months. You, oh no, you did a vinyl countdown about... Yeah, just, that was right. just random YouTube clips. This yeah. time I sifted through every second that he was on that show. But specifically, it's about... Like, it goes from 2006 to 2011. So it kind of chronicles his split from his wife and his kids. And in his case, it was a bad situation because it was like what you were saying where he would get criticized by his wife for stuff like... Uh, one of his anecdotes was like, you know, hey, did you take out the garbage? And he's like, uh, no, the, the thing's, the bin's full. And she wouldn't believe him. And then he would like, well, why don't you believe me? But then two episodes later, he would tell the story again and admit that he didn't even check. He just didn't want to do it. Right, right. Like, on both sides of that marriage, they were both assholes. Right. And then... Uh, and I'm not know. implying that Jen and I are, like, having yeah, well, problems or anything. No, it's that's what like, I was thinking, like, where, I mean, just because I know you, you're yeah. not an asshole. Like, I know when you say you're doing this stuff, you're actually doing it, where Louis wasn't. Louis right, a piece right. of shit. <laughs> He's right. a smart dude and a hilarious comedian, but I wouldn't want to be married to him either. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's coming out in a few days. It'll be, it'll be good. Okay, I'm, ex I'm excited. Yeah. That's XO, sponsored by XO Podcast. <laughs> I should go pee now before yep. I piss myself. I'll just turn this on. But, um, oh, yeah, so I was going to say, uh, we were talking about writing. And, uh, yeah, I've started to realize lately that, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not a particularly emotionally hearty fellow. I just pretended that I was for a long time, going on keeping the girl and yelling about shit or going on Twitter and complaining, but I'm totally not. And in my 30s, my ripe old age of 33, my Jesus age, I really got to just accept that I'm easily, uh, easily uh, disturbed. My, my emotional state is easily disturbed, and I should really live a life where I'm less confrontational because I just can't deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, because you strike me as a... Uh, emotional fellow, right? Who um, <clears throat> you strike me as a guy who cries in a movie, right? You know, <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. Probably uh, uh, only a thousand times. It's not that big a deal. Uh, you, you seem like a fellow who like 
I don't know. I like. I feel like you feel things a lot deeper than like you're very good at doing the ah. It doesn't matter or whatever. But like, hey, you know, you have to. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the only way to survive in this topsy-turvy world. But we were talking about writing, and yeah, like there's a. I've really noticed that of all the little things that I do, where I got my. M- Many little projects, my little working on a documentary, doing podcasts, drawing little comic strips. But the one thing that where, like, I'm laying in bed at night and I can't sleep and I'm like, oh, what am I doing with my life? The one thing that consistently really helps me just feel better about everything is writing. So that's got to be a sign that, like, that's kind of what I should be doing, obviously, because I feel super bad when I don't. But it's really tough. Like, it's like, it really is the mental equivalent of lifting a giant rock just to sit down somewhere and start working on something. It's, like, really hard to do. I totally, I totally understand that. Whereas I can draw a shitty comic, no problem. I can sit down and start editing a podcast without even thinking. It's not an effort. Writing is such an effort, but it really pays off to my mental well-being. Okay, so, like, I I definitely have projects. Because, I like, I've got a thousand projects all the time. And I procrastinate. I would rather do anything but start a thing. But once I've started a thing, I'm in it. Like a lot of these, like, like I'll take a lot of freelance jobs where, where you know they have a due date, and I will, I will wait till the dangerously close to the deadline to start. But it always works out, except for the times that it doesn't, when it's really bad, you know. But but, but it's, I think the problem with with writing, for you especially, or or like anybody's writing, is that there isn't a deadline. You're just writing. Not only is there not really a deadline, but I don't think you can use that technique. Like, because I think it's a legitimate technique. Like, Keith Malley, every year, it's closer and closer to April 15th before he does it. And he seems like, last time I talked to him, like, he's kind of made his peace with the fact that he's only going to pull his, his stand-up set together a week ahead of time. And it just works for him. Louis C.K., when I was listening through all this stuff, for his show, it just keeps getting closer and closer. He's like, until now, at this point, like, he'll write he'll only have half the season even done and then he just has to do the rest on the fly but it works but with writing I think it's uh, it's a like a fantasy people have about writing or like when you see movies about writers and they got their genius stroke of inspiration and they write a whole fucking novel in a weekend it's just not possible you, um, you have to work on it every day in little bits or it won't happen no it's it, it's true and, and like but then on the other hand there, there's there's all these sort of conditions people put on creativity, like, oh, I need isolation, I need time off, I need this, I need that. But really, you just need to fucking do it. But that's where it's hard, is just doing it. You know, like, how do you just sit down and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to write. And, like, like, unless you know what you're going to write. Do you know what you're writing? Yeah. But... It's also, it's weird, it's like, there's also, it is like a muscle in the sense that, uh, you know, you gotta get into the groove and work it, and I, and I mean, yeah, people I think really underestimate how fast they're gonna burn out, because it's not clear, it's not like, 
uh, there's no indicator like with like lifting weights where you just hit hit a point. What is that called when you just to exhaustion? You just go till you can't lift it anymore. Yeah, Whereas don't. with writing, you'll just I don't lift weights. Right? <laughs> but with writing, you'll just find yourself like, uh, whoops, I'm playing Uncharted now. What just happened? Like you just drift away, and that's your brain gave up for that day, and you just don't notice that that's really what's happening. Now, do you have a routine now, like? I, I, I guess I haven't really like. I'm trying I've, to build one. I haven't really checked in with you since you were kind of up at all crazy hours and whatever. But I really wish I could get back to before my appendicitis. I was getting up at 5 a.m. and that was my favorite. Like I'd go to bed at like 8 in the evening and get up super early and then uh, take a little nap somewhere in there. And that was my favorite. But it's hard to to do it. Where, where are you at now? Now it's like I'll go to bed at like 3 a.m. and wake up at 10 or 11. Which is about the that, same, that's but it's not really terrible. It's it's about the same, but it just doesn't feel as good. And now that winter's coming, I, I also have a history of all the other problems in my family. Seasonal depression is yeah. huge, and with the sun going down, just walking here, I was like, God, it's so dark. Like I wish I could just wake up early and get some sun. Uh, I hate to sound like your mom, or maybe your mom doesn't sound like this, but vitamin fucking D, my friend. D. D. Okay, nice. I'll I'll get some extra D because <laughs> I've got I got uh, no, I got the multivitamins and the B12. So maybe I need a D on top. You need you need a D because D is the sun. That's what the sun gives you. Mm. And uh, couldn't hurt. No, no, no. Uh, trust I'm, me. Well, that's where I'm like I'm really starting to realize how I'm just a really anemic, fragile person. Where <laughs> uh, I, even physically, like. I, uh, I started taking B12 vitamins because I was getting all these scurvy, scurvy sores on my tongue. Right, sure. Because And then a B12 fixed it. And then, like... Also, a lime would help, too. Right. <laughs> and it's so weird because I don't eat especially unusually or anything. I'm just... That's just how I am. But I got these B12 from Walmart that were on sale. It was only 5 bucks instead of, like, 13 bucks. Sure. But... The stupid sores started coming back till I doubled them up because they're clearly just shitty vitamins. Like that's how quickly my body changes and reacts. Or like uh, caffeine, I really think I gotta cut it out because even just like one coffee a day just fucks me up. Like sometimes I just feel like I'm out of my mind. <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny. It's uh, like I've noticed a big difference since I've been home on parental leave all this time. Is the fact that I'm eating three squares of me- square meals a day whereas before I would skip breakfast eat like a really unhealthy lunch out someone dropped Opa. the glass live podcasting oh Woo. no just eating three squares of meals a day actually has contributed to this weight loss like it's amazing what just eating shitty food and not cooking your own food uh, like it's such a huge difference I, but I, I know you cook your own food mostly <laughs> since it was my birthday yesterday this was the dumb shit where it's like hey it's my birthday so I got two pieces of pizza and then I went and got like mall sushi and then I bought a whole box of butter tarts and I didn't feel good about any of it and I'm like how is that a birthday what the fuck man it's ridiculous uh, but getting back to writing it's like I don't know well basically what I've been trying to do with writing is this girl, Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, who's yeah. going to be here in Toronto doing a reading on Monday. I'm going to go. I'm all excited. Cool. But she was talking about how, like, uh, if you do something for 30 days, that establishes it as a habit, and then it suddenly gets way easier. And I realized I've really never sat down and written 
for a whole 30 days. So I've been trying to do that, but I haven't yet. Because the rest of your house, they get up at what time? They get up early-ish? Well, now it's all in disarray because uh, other Keith has a job now. Right. I just, uh, like, I kind of feel like, uh, like routine is, uh, and this is just coming from me raising kids now, right? Like, because with the kids, routine is everything. Right. Because if you fuck with the routine, then they are fucked up, and they're in bad moods, and then they can't sleep, and it's all whatever. But if you keep the routine, then shit just goes well. And I don't think adults are any different, right? Like, so, like, I kind of feel like, okay, so everyone in your house gets up for a job. Why don't you become house mom? Yeah, you know? just like, pretend that's my job. Just get like, up. Like, yeah. become a den mother. Fucking put the coffee on. You know, make everybody breakfast. Okay, see you, boys. Have a good time at work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like cook some eggs or whatever, and then, and then they leave, and then you go to work. You know, and then you you put in, like you're a writer, so you don't have to do eight hours, right? Like just just write, just get two hours in, and then maybe go three hours, maybe go four. You know, just just go as long as you can go, and then fucking like. Then play Uncharted and then like dick around. But like get that shit out of the way in the morning because at least in my work life, well my work life is totally different. I, I really don't activate till after lunch, but um, but I find like if you just kinda get going first thing in the morning, then you actually accomplish a lot. And then you can dick around for the rest of the day. That is, yeah, like I've really found like I haven't been sticking to it, but I should. I did it today. Is that since writing is the hardest thing of the various things I do, that yeah, it's the most important thing to do first because yeah. that then otherwise I'll just like put it off and put it off. One thing too, like I love this lady Gretchen Rubin so much. She has so much practical advice. But one of them is to, if you have something like that, some kind of project you're working on, to do it every single day, like not even five days or six days, because if you give yourself that day off, then every day you're wrestling with yourself as to whether that's going to be your day off. So you just don't give yourself that option. Just every day you got to do it, the end, and it just takes away that whole conflict, and you just got to do it. And with writing too, I found like, I guess I used to kick myself because I wasn't working on stuff enough or hard enough, but it can be the tiniest bit. Literally 20 minutes a day is better than nothing a day. Like all of a sudden you got a whole kid's book written. Like it yeah. just happens behind you. And that's fine. Like I don't feel bad if I only work on something for 20 minutes as long as I did it. As long as you did it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the other thing is that I find like I find like I get my best stuff done when I'm accountable to somebody else. You know, if I have a deadline, if I have like these external pressures. But when you're only accountable to you, it makes it really tough. Yeah. Because like I like I've got a shitload of things in the back of my head that I need to do. I don't know if I'll get them done. You know, but I mean, I kind of. I mean, in my world right now, I don't have a lot of time anyway. So it's it's sort of like, well, you know, whatever. Well, that's one reason why when I get back from New Brunswick. My plan is to go hit up some coffee shops and get a job because I don't think it'll really change things that much. Like the amount that I do realistically on my own shit, I can do around a job. <laughs> like I, I did the experiment. I took my three years off. 
I didn't really get that much done. <laughs> you know, it's not, it didn't really work out. Like being your own boss is very hard to do. But at the same point, I mean, like also give yourself props. Like you're you're doing two podcasts and shitty comics. Well, there's this guy you know? uh, Colin Marshall. He was one of the first guys to write up XO, and he's a guy from California. He does a bunch of podcasts and stuff. And it's funny because to me, because I have all day free, I feel like I don't get much done. But he described me as, uh, what did he say? Just Oh, he wrote about a countdown, too. He's the guy that reviewed right. us uh, for <laughs> Maximum Fun. Didn't really necessarily like right. this, yeah. But yeah, he, he said I was uh, ludicrously pro- pro- prolific. And I don't see it that way at all because I have all day and I don't spend that much time working on stuff. But to a guy with a job, yeah, I do a lot of shit. Well... Uh... <laughs> Like, it is kind of a misnomer that I just lay around and I'm lazy. Like, I kind of I, I, talk like that because it's funny, but it's not true. I work on shit all the time. But I think anybody who knows you does not think that. I mean, like, I, like, I, I hear XO, actually three podcasts if you count Ham Radio, too, right? Yeah, like, that's true. And, and like... Shitty Comics and, yeah, this the Roger know, Swan documentary's got, like, a whole half hour done. It's getting there. But that's the thing is, like, you, you're actually doing shit and, like... But you know, like just a lot of staring at the ceiling and playing video games. Well, not even much playing video games. Wishing I was playing video games. I don't let myself, but I want to so bad. <laughs> See, I, like, I think you have a lot more guilt around the stuff you do. Like, you have to understand, you do a lot of shit. And, and... Well, that's the other thing. Say I get a job at a coffee shop and it's yeah. only part-time. It could be literally three days a week. Suddenly, all the guilt is gone because now I just have a job and I'm doing something in life and people can stop shitting on my head. Like, that's literally all it'll take. I think it'll be worth it for that alone that I'll just feel better. Let's see, I, and I don't know. I mean, like, um, Eric from Tip Tap Tip and I were talking and he's like, man, I need a McNally in my life. He's like him working on his shows he's like I do not have time for it while raising this kid and it's I, like I do remember you saying once like man podcasting's fun when you just record it and it just comes out yeah <laughs> just, all you do is talk shit it's awesome yeah like last week it was Thursday night at like 10pm and I was like oh fuck the show's coming out tomorrow and I just did it because who cares like I got all the time in the world yeah but but on the, on the other hand it's like uh, when you were gone and I was editing those shows that we recorded right you know, I was up till four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, getting it takes it. a long time. Yeah. It does because for what is it? For every hour, it's like an extra two hours. Although I did appreciate it because when I listened back, I could tell like there's a lot less just yeah. dead space than usual. <laughs> it was nice. But that's the thing is like uh, oh, and he, even the 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 campfire clips, I edited those down too because. And then I edited them it, some more. Some more. Just because yeah. there's a lot of fire crackle and wind sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but it's totally like one of those things. It's like yeah, but I'm off right now, so I don't have a job to go to t- tomorrow. Like the next morning after that four o'clock in the morning session, I get up with Jed. I throw some ses- Sesame Street on and I take a little cat nap while he's watching Sesame Street. Just terrible parenting. Yeah, terrible. I've, but I've fallen asleep before on the couch while Blue's Clues is on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> I watched because I used to watch Blue's Clues all the time with uh, Allie, the girl I, that I babysat. I really liked that show, so I saw it on Netflix, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna watch an episode of Blue's Clues just to remember the fun days." Because it's like it's made by the people that made Sesame Street, but it's the opposite philosophy. Instead of small, quick segments, it's like a long half-hour narrative. Like it's when kids are starting to be able to focus on something. 
and then, but what I didn't know is it's all, it's Craig's Netflix, and it's connected to his Facebook, so it popped up on Craig's Facebook that he's watching Blue's Clues, and he started getting all these, like, people mocking him, so he came home from the bar that night all drunk, and he's like, were you watching Blue's Clues? Uh, wow. And I gotta pee again, but one last quick thing, that's just about getting jobs and stuff, is like, I think it's because my mom really had, like, a tough, grew up pretty tough. And then, but was a kid of the 60s and likes the hippie idea. So she's happy as shit that I can live the life she never got to have, right? So when I talked to her the other day and told her I was coming home, and I was like, but I'm going to get a job when I get back, and I out, laid out the whole coffee shop idea and stuff. And she's like, oh, that's very nice, but I won't hold you to it. Because she doesn't want me to feel bad if I don't actually get a job. Right, right. <laughs> like, she's so enabling, but that's just that's just charming. That is charming. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to do this classic style. I'm going to say bitch cake grab a slice. Yeah, that's easily been an episode. Boom. Booyah. Boom. Hands and arms is pain. I was thinking about the hands and arms is pain. I think we should go back to bitch cake.
finalcountdown.ca.